Hello and welcome to Fibber McGee and Molly from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. The Johnson Wax Program with Fibber McGee and Molly. Makers of Johnson's Wax and Johnson's Self-Polishing Glow Coat present Fibber McGee and Molly, written by Don Quinn, with music by the King's Men and Billy Mills Orchestra. The amount of money you make can change. The value of a rationing coupon can change, but there's one thing that never does vary. There are only 24 hours in every day. Nothing you or I can do will ever make it 25. Which brings me to an interesting letter we received last week from a woman in busy Detroit. This is the first fan letter I've ever written, she says, but when I consider all the time Johnson's Wax has saved me, I just must write. Like nearly everybody else, I now do all my own housework and care for my two-year-old son. For all its time-saving, I say thank goodness for Johnson's Wax. And for such a nice letter, we say thank you very much to a busy mother in Michigan. Very true that Johnson's Wax is saving hours of work for women everywhere, besides helping them to take better care of the things they have. claimed that the female of the species is more deadly than the male. But when the mailman is a woman, well, here on Pins and Needles waiting for her arrival, we find Fibber McGee and Molly. Oh, for goodness sakes, McGee, settle down. What are you expecting in the mail that's so important? Now, you wait and see. It's something that might change the whole course of our lives. Well, that appeals to me, too. So I will say, dearie, that life with you has never a dull moment Really? (laughs) You don't just say that just because you admire me (laughs) No, I just say that because I'd admire a dull moment now and then With you, I never know what's going to happen next So I always expect the worst And I'm rarely disappointed In spite of the fact that I've lived through it Which is surprising when I come to think of it Which I try not to Well, just the same, did you ever stop to realize what a person could do if he knew exactly how to handle every situation as it come up? Certainly. He'd go on information, please, and make a mug of Oscar LeVant. You don't get me. I got you once. Do I have to keep doing it? Oh, listen, Molly, this is serious. I'm expecting something in the mail that's going to make me rich and healthy and smart. Heavenly days. Doesn't the government have enough criticism without you expecting miracles? Okay, okay, scoff if you want to Be right But this is important What if something happened that I could look into the future And know exactly what was going to happen to us? It'd be sickening (laughs) Don't we have enough trouble with what has happened? Who wants to peek into the future? Admitting for the sake of argument that you have one 
Well, for instance, suppose I had advanced knowledge that a certain stock was going to go up. Yeah, you said you had that knowledge in 1929, and what happened? We were broke for four years. Yeah, but there'd be no guesswork with this. I'd know. I could buy, say, amalgamated garbage can at 22, ride it up to 49, and sell out. <laughs> Clean up a million bucks in two days. I'd corner the market. That reminds me. Run down to the corner market and get a can of beans. <laughs> Take the ration book, dearie, and a loaded shotgun. Molly, I gotta wait for the mail because I tell you I'm... Oh, boy. Here she is now. Mark this day down on the calendar, Molly. From today on, we're a success. You open the door, dearie. I can't do it with my fingers crossed. Uh, that I will. That I will. Come in, sis. Come in, come in, come in. Hey, Molly, it's her, all right. It's the baguette. Oh, I see. Good morning, dear. <laughs> Won't you sit down and rest your special delivery? No, thank you, Miss. I've got to keep going to get back to the post office. There's a hole in the bottom of my mail bag. Really? The mail must go through. Yes. <laughs> That's our motto, Mr. McGee. Huh? Oh. <laughs> That's very good, sis. <laughs> we almost made a joke. <laughs> well, what you got for us this morning? Let me see what I have for you, sis. Ah, yes. Here's that card from your Aunt Sarah, wishing you a happy George Washington's birthday. Remember? Ah, never mind, Aunt Sarah. That skin-fisted old tight flint. Now, now, McGee, stop talking like that about Aunt Sarah. She's a very generous person. Yeah, she'd give you the back off her shirt. (laughs) Why, that old miser believes in reincarnation just so she can leave all her dough to herself. Come on, sis, come on, come on. What else you got for us? I'm expecting some very, very important mail. Oh, stop trembling, McGee. Anybody think your life was at stake? And what I've seen of your life, it's a pretty tough stake. <laughs> I'm afraid that's all I have for you this morning, Mr. McGee. Oh. But, oh, no, here. You probably won't want this, though. It's just a circular. Let's see it, let's see it, let's see it. Hey, this is what I've been waiting for. Oh, boy, now we're getting someplace. Thanks, sis. Remind me to put in a good word for you with the Department of Labor. I work for the post office department, Miss McGee. Well, what do you call that? Amusement? You should be more polite with the mail girl, McGee. She has a hard job. Put your career into affinity with the universe. Put your future into rhythm with the psychic forces McGee, I was speaking to you. Huh? Oh, how do you do? (laughs) Let the stars foretell what fate has in store for you and put yourself in tune with the infinite. Your astral plane... McGee! Huh? Oh, hey, look what I got. From the you-can-be-what-you-want-to-be horoscope company. (laughs) The key to success in 25 pages of wisdom. Distilled from the ancient Egyptian system of astrology and perfected by modern methods of character analysis. And all for 27 cents. (laughs) Including postage. And just what did you get for your 27 cents, Taurus? I ain't Taurus, I'm Scorpio. Taurus is the bull. So is Scorpio, if you ask me. (laughs) Look what the envelope says. Your complete character analysis tells about my health, business, marriage, friends, lucky days, lucky numbers, when to plant corn. Did you say something? Is it necessary? (laughs) When to go fishing. My 72-year life cycle and special forecast for every day of the year. What they do when your 72 years are up? Come and shoot you? (laughs) You wait. Now, let me see. Scorpio, Scorpio. Wherefore art thou, Scorpio? (laughs) And when do you go to the store for a can of beans? Don't say anything in my horoscope about going to the store. Now, let me see. December, January, February... March! Huh? Oh, okay, I'll get the beans. I'll be right back. 
79 Wistful Vista, Marla McGee speaking. Who? Mr. McGee? No, he isn't here just now. May I take a message? Yes. Oh, an old schoolmate of Fibber's. Yes, I'll tell him. What was the name again? Stillwell? And the first name? Stuffy? Yes, I'll tell him you call Mr. Stuffwell. Or Stiffwell. <laughs> Stiff, uh, yes, yes, I'll tell him. Goodbye. That's funny. I don't remember McGee's mentioning anybody named Stuffy Stillwell. Still, it might have been an old pal of course, you owe under the influence of Venus. Don't say anything about tomorrow. Well, here's your beans, Molly. Thank you, dearie. What does your horoscope say about getting some meat for Sunday? <clears throat> Nothing, but look what it says about today. It says March 16th will be a day of surprises for Scorpio. Hey, incident, incidentally, what is a Scorpio? <laughs> well, I think it's Latin for a scorpion, dearie. Oh. And a scorpion is a kind of a lizard or something. I see. Does a Scorpio bite? No, uh, confidentially, it stings. <laughs> Go on with the reading. Okay. It says March 16th will see the payment to Scorpio of a long overdue debt by an old schoolmate. I don't know what that means. I can't think of any old schoolmates. Oh, that heavenly old... days. I almost forgot, McGee. Huh? An old schoolmate of yours called up while you were at the store. What? He did? Who was it? He said to tell you Stuffy Stillwell called. Stuffy Stillwell? Well, I'll be a... <laughs> old Stuffy Stillwell. Now, there's a guy that... That what? That I can't quite place. <laughs> I wonder where I knew a Stuffy Stillwell. You remember him from school? No, I don't. Maybe he was in your geometry class. Oh, that's it. That's why I don't remember him. <laughs> I never took geometry. You know, maybe there's something to this astrology business after all, McGee. Your horoscope says an old schoolmate will pop up and pay a debt, and boom, up pops the old schoolmate. Ain't it wonderful? Where's he staying? Well, he didn't say. He just said to tell you he called. Well, my gosh, i got to find him. I can't make a liar out of my horoscope. Maybe your horoscope uh, gives his phone number, too. What else does it say? Oh, let me see. No, it just says, be on your guard against a dark-haired, well-groomed man with a glib tongue and smooth manners. I wonder who said... Hello, folks. Am I intruding? No, not a bit, Mr. Wilcox. It's nice to see you. Dark-haired, well-groomed, glib manner, smooth tongue. (laughs) Well, what do you want, Junior? And watch your step. I'm on my guard. What are you talking about? Well, he just got his horoscope, Mr. Wilcox, and it says to beware of a dark-haired, well-groomed man. Well, on second thought, Molly, I was wrong. I apologize, Junior. You're not well-groomed. Why, McGee, he is, too. He is not. Look at him. No sideburns. No spats. No cane. No carnation. Why, he looks like a tramp. (laughs) Well, I used to have sideburns, but they got too long, and I cut them off. Oh, how long did they get, Mr. Wilcox? Well, long enough so people began asking me why I had my hat tied on. (laughs) (laughs) What uh, what sign were you born under, Fibber? Leo? No, no, Scorpio. What made you think I was Leo? Well, Leo means lion. I get it. Scorpio is a wonderful sign under which to be born under, Junior. Listen to what the chart says about Scorpio. Yes. It says Scorpio natives are endowed with strength, discretion, ingenuity, and ten a kitty. What was that last thing you're endowed with, chum? Ten a kitty, see? That's so right here. Ten a kitty. That, that word, dearie, is tenacity. Oh, well, I know that. I I was given it the Egyptian pronunciation. (laughs) 
All this astrology stuff comes from the Egyptians, you know. Sure, their mummies done told them. Oh. <laughs> Let me up. Well, I'm sort of a believer in that stuff myself, folks. Are you really, Mr. Wilcox? Sure, let me show you. Uh, when did you buy your kitchen linoleum? In what month? I got a suspicion that this is leading us into that certain thing, Junior. But <laughs> we bought that linoleum in 1938, the end of January. Does that prove anything? Why, certainly it does. January 20th to February 19th is Aquarius, the water bearer. That's right. And how does linoleum bear water? Uh-oh. Because smart housewives protect it with Johnson's self-polishing glow coat. Keeps it from drying out, losing its color, and getting scuffed and scratched. Now, when did you buy your last container of glow coat, Molly? Well, now, let me see. I don't remember, but we'll need some more at the end of the month. First of April. What's that? That's Aries the Ram. That's right. Ruled by the planet Mars. And how do you protect linoleum against Mars and scratches and dust and dirt and damage? <laughs> with Johnson's self-polishing glow coat, that's how. You see how it works out? Well, uh, what's the ram got to do with it? The ram, that's simple. A ram is a male sheep. That's right. And wouldn't you feel sheepish if you kept on with the old-fashioned floor scrubbing? When, when you, you could use glow coat that shines as it dries in 20 minutes or less and gives you a lot less work and a lot more leisure? Gee, I never realized there was so much to astrology. Well, sure. <laughs> I'm going to live up to this every minute of the day. For instance, it says here, anyone who crosses a native of Scorpio on the morning of March 16th will run into difficulties. An accident will befall him. You really believe that? Oh, no. That's a lot of horse feathers. It is not a lot of horse feathers. Oh, it is, too. It's silly. <laughs> it is not silly, and you better look out, Wilcox. I'm a Scorpio, and you're crossing me. An accident will befall you. Oh, now, McGee. Oh, let him go, Molly. You can't argue with people who believe in that stuff. Well, I'll see you later, Scorpio. <laughs> McGee, you shouldn't be so gullible. After all, a two-bit horse... <laughs> There. Good heavens, what was that? I think Mr. Wilcox is studying the stars. <laughs> They're telling him about that wobbly front step I've been meaning to fix. That'll learn him. That's what he gets for crossing the Scorpio. When my horoscope predict... Hey, but I gotta locate Stuffy Stillwell, right? How? Well, he'll be at the Ritz Vista Hotel. That's a very expen uh, expensive place. How do you know he'll be there? My simple logic. He's an old schoolmate. Yeah. He owes me some dough. When I went to school, I never had much dough. Therefore, it was a small amount he owes me. Who likes to dish out their dough in small amounts? Rich people. Where do the rich people stay? At the Ritz Vista. And besides, it's the only hotel in town. <laughs> Give me the phone. McGee, sometimes I think you're almost as smart as you claim. Here. Thanks. Hello, operator. Give me the Ritz Vista. Ho, ho. Is that you, Mert? Oh. <laughs> How's every little thing, Mert? Is it? What say, Mert? Your grandmother... Came home plastered last night. Oh, heavenly days. Her grandmother. Yeah, she was knitting at the Red Cross and the ceiling fell in on him. <laughs> well, that's tough, Mert. What say, Mert? Oh, thanks. Hello, Rich Vista Hotel? I want to talk to Mr. Stillwell. Eh? Well, tell him Mr. McGee called, will you? Thanks. Stuffy's gone out, Molly. You know, I think I remember him now. I think I do, too. Stuffy Stillwell. Yep. He was the boy who broke his clavicle when he fell off his sled on Underwood's Hill. Wasn't he? That's the guy. That's the very guy. And you know what? What? I loaned him 37 cents once to pay a fine on some library books. Yeah. And if he hadn't have paid that fine, he couldn't have took out any more books. Yeah. Then he'd have plunked every course. Why, that guy owes his whole education to me. <laughs> I put him through high school. No wonder he's grateful. So you loaned him 37 cents, which put him through high school. You betcha. Why didn't you give him an even half dollar and send him to college? <laughs> it would have been bad for his character. He'd have got so he depended on me. 
Would have been a dime here and a dime here and a dime there. <laughs> well, you study your horoscope, Scorpio. I've got to get things ready for lunch. <laughs> ah, there goes a good kid. I'm going to give her half of whatever old Stillwell gives me in his gratitude. Well, no, not half. I, I paid for the whole horoscope myself. Make it a third. Let's see, what's a third of 10,000 bucks? Hmm, I can't divide that. Better make it a tenth. <laughs> thousand bucks. Is she the lucky kid, though? I'll bet most guys wouldn't even get... Hot dogs. I'll bet that's old Stuffy now. Good old Stuffy. Come in, come in, come in, come in. Hi, mister. Oh, oh, it's you, is it? Mm-hmm. Well, come in, but don't bother me, sis. I, I got some studying to do. Just got my horoscope from the you-can-be-what-you-want-to-be horoscope company. Oh, damn, you got a horoscope, mister? Yeah. Can I look through it once? Can I please? Can I miss it, please? A horoscope isn't something you look through, sis. You're, you're thinking of a telescope or a microscope or a periscope. A horoscope has to do with astrology. Oh, what's astrology, mister? Astrology, sis, is the science of forecasting events by the movements of the planets. Oh, my mama was doing that all morning, mister. Studying astrology? No, moving planets. Oh. She moved her geranium planets oh. off the back porch. <laughs> and she moved her tomato planets behind the garage and moved her crocus no, planets. No, 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 no. Look, sis, you're, you're, you're all mixed up. I know her. <laughs> My planets, I mean the stars in the sky, like the sun and the moon and the stars. Oh. You see, everybody's life is influenced by the stars. Everybody is born under some, under some kind of a sign. I know her. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I had a puppy once, and he was born under a cigarette sign on the corner of 14th. Yeah, you, know, yeah. <laughs> uh, you, you better run along now, sis. I got work to do, and besides, I'm expecting a guest. Oh. Now, that is none of your affair, so scram. Can I tell you a ripple before I go, mister? You mean a riddle, sis. <laughs> a ripple is a wrinkle on a river. <laughs> What's the riddle? that Russia and England and America and China have got that Hitler hasn't got? What has America and England and Russia and China got that Hitler hasn't got? Give up? Yes. So will Hitler. Come on, <laughs> The King's Men sing Irving Berlin's newest from This is the Army. We don't like it. Dr. Gibbles is on the air today. Let's tune in and get Berlin and hear what he has to say. He's rocking and cotton, with flag and flagging, flying hats in his hat. There are six foot, 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 foot. But the Russians push us back. We don't like it. In the winter they attack. We don't like it. Then they call us ruthless murderers. We didn't make a fuss. But now they're invading. They can't do that to us. Casablanca's full of Yanks. We don't like it. They've got ships and planes and tanks. We don't like it. While we're winning as we should, Hitler speaks from Das ist gut. But when Hitler don't make speeches, we don't like it. When the RAF begins, we don't like it. When they fly above Berlin, we don't like it. When they showered us with paper, why we didn't make a fuss. But bombs with explosives, they can't do that to us. Every cupboard here is bare, we don't like it. When we got no clothes to wear, we don't like it. 
Herman Gehring had to speak in the same suit twice last week. And when Gehring can change costumes, we don't like it. When the German troops retreat, we don't like it. and polite to everyone up until 12 o'clock noon, remember? Oh, yeah. And it's still five minutes to 12. Oh. Well, do me a favor and tell me when it's 12 o'clock, will you? Because... Come in. Well, hello, Abigail Dodd. Uh, how do you do, Mrs. McGee? And Mr. McGee? Good morning, Mrs. Uppington. A very good morning to you. You're looking very charming this morning. As the cream and sugar said to the spoon, won't you join us in a cup of coffee? <laughs> uh, thank you. Uh, don't, don't you... Um, I mean, aren't you... Is anything wrong, Mr. McGee? Oh, why no, my dear girl, not a thing. Uh, Thank you for inquiring, however. <laughs> what time is it, Molly? Four minutes. <laughs> Four minutes to twelve. If you mean his unusual politeness, Abigail, his horoscope advised it. He was born under the same sign as little Lord Fauntleroy. <laughs> oh, how utterly fascinating. I used to be so interested in astrology, and I was going to the dearest Swami. Swami, eh? You a pretty good swimmer, Uppy? No. <laughs> Swami has nothing to do with swimming, dearie. The Swami is a man with a towel around his head who looks into the future. Hmm. Most guys I've seen with towels around their heads were moaning about the past. <laughs> uh, do tell us more about it, won't you, Mrs. Uppington? I find it most interesting. What time is it, Two and a half minutes to twelve, and don't overdo it, McGee. That phony smile shows more teeth than hay rake. <laughs> oh, very amusing, my dear. <laughs> but come, Mrs. Yu. I should like to hear some more of your experiences in occult affairs. <laughs> well, it was extremely interesting, Mr. McGee. The Swami would look into his crystal. I looked into a crystal just this morning. Oh, what did it say? 8.30. <laughs> what time is it now, Molly? Two minutes to twelve. Oh! Good heavens, I had no idea it was so late. I must be going. Oh. I have an appointment at the beauty parlor at noon. Oh, don't go, Uppy. Gee whiz, not for a while yet, anyway. <laughs> Stick around a couple of minutes. 
Why, Mr. McGee, how charming of you to insist that I simply must be going, really. One minute and 45 seconds. Oh, come on, Uppy. Sit down a while. I, I have so many things I want to say to you. Oh. Can't you tell me later? That's the only time he can tell you. One minute to 12. Oh. Good gracious, only one minute to get to the beauty parlor. I must rush along. Good day, my dear. Goodbye, Mr. McGee. Of all the dirty mouths. A half a minute more and I could have opened up on the old wind jam. But why, McGee? She hasn't done anything to you. Oh, I know that, but she rubs me the wrong way. You mean she ribs you the wrong way. <laughs> Every time you get into an argument with her, she pins your ears back. And on you, it looks good. <laughs> well, she don't... Hey, I almost forgot. I gotta find Stuffy Stillwell. Seems to me you're getting awfully excited about a loan of 37 cents. You think he's only gonna pay me back 37 cents? You realize what the compound interest is on 37 cents for over 20 years? Why, it's around $10,000. How do you know? That's just a rough estimate. It might be more, for all I know. But when a rich millionaire like Stuffy Stillwell decides to come... Come in. Does Mr. Fibber McGee live here? I am Mr. Stillwell. Well, I'll be a good old Stuffy Stillwell. <laughs> Stuffy old man, come right in. Long time no see. <laughs> ah, the same old McGee, still coining phrases. And... <laughs> And my goodness, isn't this little Molly Driscoll? Molly Driscoll as was, Mr. Stillwell. Molly McGee, now won't you sit down? Sure, sit down, sit down, sit down. Let's talk over old school days, eh? <laughs> <laughs> you remember the time I loaned you that 37 cents to pay your fine at the library? <laughs> no, I don't remember that. <laughs> what? You don't? Well, then why, I mean, my horoscope says you... Well, you... <laughs> Well, you sure look like you've done all right in the world, stuffy old man. <laughs> Have much of an income tax this year? Don't be so subtle, McGee. You know, Mr. St uh, Stillwell, it's a funny thing, but Bibber's horoscope told him an old school chum would show up today and repay an old debt. <laughs> Isn't that strange? Oh, I don't know. That's exactly what I came for, Molly. Ah, forget it, Stillwell, old man. <laughs> Shucks, what's 37 cents? <laughs> What if it did let you complete your education so you could go on out in the world and get rich? <laughs> what if it was the turning point in your life? Gee whiz, I'm proud to be responsible for your success. I don't remember any 37 cents, McGee. All I can remember is the time I was sliding down Underwood's Hill on my sled and you hit me with a snowball and knocked me off the sled and I broke my collarbone. I told you it was his clavicle, McGee. And I was laid up for two months. Yeah. And I swore if I ever caught up with you, McGee, I'd pay you back for that. Now, here you are. Oh, heavenly days. If he wants to make anything of this, Molly, he can see me at my office in New York. I am president of the You Can Be What You Want to Be Horoscope Company. <laughs> Those spare parts for all your electrical and mechanical gadgets around the house are going to be still harder to get as time goes on. Very sound advice we're getting from all sides to take extra good care of our toasters, vacuum cleaners, refrigerators. And while we're out there in the kitchen, let's not forget the floor covering. You can make your linoleum floors last six to ten times longer by protecting them regularly with Johnson's self-polishing glow coat. That's a great big dividend when you consider that glow coat is so easy to use because it shines as it dries without rubbing or buffing. It protects linoleum against wear and dirt, revives faded colors, and glow-coated floors are easy to keep clean because spilled things are wiped up in a jiffy. If you have children and a cocker spaniel running around the house, you'll be especially grateful for the cleanliness and the labor-saving made possible by the regular use of Johnson's self-polishing glow-coat. Does your jaw still hurt, dearie? No, not too bad. 
That guy sure packed a wallop, don't he? Yes, and while you were still unconscious, he came back and left 37 cents for you. What? No interest? He said that he really intended to kill you, but he saw your elk's tooth and realized you were out of season. Okay. Good night. Good night, all. This is Harlow Wilcox, speaking for the makers of Johnson Wax Finishes for Home and Industry, inviting you all to join us again next Tuesday night. Good night. This program came to you from Hollywood. This is the National Broadcasting Company.